When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We all want to win the Stanley Cup. Welcome to, welcome to, welcome to Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Playoff edition. It's over! They did it! They did it! Hello and welcome to the Mile High Hockey Lab. This is Adrian Hernandez. I am so darn excited to be in front of you and in your ears today as we preview the Stanley Cup playoffs and the quest for a repeat for the Colorado Avalanche. I am here today with Ezra Parter, Jackie Kay, Jacob, and Evan. We have a full panel today. Shouldn't surprise anyone given the playoffs are absolutely here. I heard today that Josh Manson went back to the room after practice and was singing. (laughs) It's the most wonderful time of the year, which Typically, it's a Christmas song, but um, if you're a hockey fan, it's also a song you sing in the middle of April. Once again, (laughs) this is the Mile High Hockey Lab. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what you listen to or are watching today, please subscribe and share with your fellow Avalanche fans. We have so much to talk about. We're going to have a little bit longer of an episode today. Basically, we're going to go through our previews. We are fortunate enough to have more than a few contributors and a few of them, a couple of them here that wrote articles um, to preview kind of the forward group, the defensive group, and the goaltenders. And we also had a roundtable that Jackie kind of spearheaded that I want to get into a little later on. Just talking Avalanche and Seattle Kraken. So let's just get right into it, and we will start with previewing the forward groups. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this was your article, Evan, Mr. Managing Editor. So I'll give you the honors here tell me if there is a person on the kraken's lineup that you're concerned about who is it and why uh a certain person um i, I guess I, I i don't know i talked to him a lot in the, in the article but i i'm looking at like at tolvanen i'm looking at eli tolvanen um i mean just his i remember when he got waved it it was chaos it was like what is like first off what is nashville doing first off and then right. second like you know, oh, where's he gonna go? Because I mean, he's good. He's a good caliber player, and Seattle was the one that picked him up. So, um, you know, I'm, I'll be interested to see what he does. See if he if he can provide anything um, from the the depth of the Kraken. Um, that's that's kind of their strong suit, and I, I kind of mentioned it too earlier um, in that article. Is that that's where the that's where they might be the Avs is their depth. Um, okay, but you know, I'd look at Tolvin in probably for that. That makes sense. Um, when you mention their depth, uh, I feel like that's – is that more to do with I'll, – I'll send this to you, Ezra. Is, do you think that has more to do with the fact that the Kraken have a lot of depth or that people are concerned that the Avalanche don't? Um, I think it, I think it's the Kraken's depth. I mean, the, okay. the Kraken have a 20-goal scorer on their fourth line in Daniel Sprong. So yeah. they, they've got goal scoring spread out throughout their lineup. They've got some incredible offensive talents in the bottom six. And they don't have the top end that the Avalanche have, so they're relying on that depth. Every line is basically a depth line. Okay. Uh, obviously, Matty Beniers is a top end forward, but 
uh, as a rookie, which is which is impressive. But but overall, yeah, it's the Kraken. They got some depth. We got some depth too. It's just different. It's more uh, defensive minded. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I think that that's poignant of you, and we'll get into that a little bit later in terms of what I perceive and and project in terms of how the Avs will play stylistically. But I want to send one over to Jackie. Jackie, is there someone on the Avalanche that you can see maybe exploiting their matchup and that you're excited about? And and why might that be? Um, I'm going to give this one to the big man, Val Nachushkin. Um, If projections are correct, it looks like Evan Rodriguez is going to be on the top line. And so Nachushkin will pretty much be headlining that second line, I believe. Yeah. And I think if the Avs are going to get a big contribution from anybody not named Makar, Miko, McKinnon, it could be him. So I think, like, if you're looking at the Avs still having a bit of depth, I I think you're going to get a big performance from him is what I'm looking for. Yeah, I feel that. I think we saw, like, a lot from Valeri Nachushkin – um, in like the early part of the season. And I, and I, and I wonder if in this role back with the top six and with, uh, with, with sort of a full top six outside of Gabe Landeskog, you'll see hopefully him get back to that early season form where he was, I think he scored in like the first six or so games. I might be wrong about that, but I feel like it was a crazy number where he had multiple, he had multiple games with goals. So hopefully, like you mentioned, he can get back to that. Um, the last one I have for you, Jacob, is big picture wise. Um, when you look at the forward groups between Colorado and the Kraken, who do you perceive has the advantage? Yeah, it, it's a tale of two halves, essentially, right? Like the expectation is that it's kind of the that the Kraken might have the advantage in the bottom six, and that's okay. I think the chief concern coming into this series is that that seems to be the most obviously exploitable part of of the Avs lineup. Um, you know, whether that's actually the case that. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to watch because I think like it discounts Lars Eller a bit and that his game has really started to come on the last like week or two weeks or so. Um, and so I think that it's, that's going to be probably the headline thing to watch is how does, does the bottom six match up? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the top six, uh, you know, advantage abs, the, the Kraken, they've got one high end player, you know, with Maddie Beneers who he is scary. Like to me, he's, he's the scariest guy on the Kraken just because his ceiling is the highest of anybody on that you. team uh, you know all you, all you need to do is have one great night and you can ruin the abs plans real quickly and so you know the abs should carry the advantage in the in the top six but veneers i think is the the big wild card in this series okay that makes sense and and i wondered because like in i did the the goalie preview today and i feel like in that situation the avalanche have an advantage but I really, I, I couldn't, I, I didn't watch enough of the Kraken to really have an opinion on their forward group. So I was happy that I got to go reference your article, Evan, where you did kind of a deep dive. And if you folks haven't seen that, please head over to milehighhockey.com. We have all of your, all of your pre, playoff preview content, anything you might want, podcast, here it is. You need <laughs> articles. We got those too. Um, but I'm excited because I feel like, you know, this is an opportunity for that bottom six group for Colorado um, in that there's a perceived um, disadvantage there for the avalanche. And in particular, I have my eyes on that third line, which features um, if, if it's anything like practice today, it was new hook Malgin and Eller. Eller. Yeah. Okay. 
So I'm excited. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, mostly because I feel like I'm interested to see what New Hook and Mulgan can do um, on the same line. Uh, Jackie, what do you think? Is there someone maybe in that bottom six that you have your eyes on in, in terms of this being an opportunity for them to step up? Oh, that's a good question because I feel like all of them individually have been looked at over and over and over again this year to kind of hope for can they give a little bit more? I think New Hook's the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what Ezra said about veneers or whoever was talking about veneers. Sorry, the it's the highest <laughs> ceiling. I think that was Jacob actually. Um, and uh, so, like, he has the highest ceiling in the bottom six. It's tough though because I don't know. I just. I do feel like we kind of seen what we're going to get from all of them. So I don't know. I don't want to take the easy answer, but I think I'm going to. So new. Hook. Yeah. yeah I, that's, that's honestly, I think what everybody wants to find out is where will new hook um, position himself heading into the off season in terms of his contract. And will he finally fulfill? Although I think he's done just fine in terms of his potential to, to date based on his age, but will he be what, I think more of the uh, avalanche fans that kind of just watch who scores every night, will those people be satisfied um, by Alex Newhook's performance in the playoffs? That's something I'm interested um, in definitely seeing. And I think like when we talked, Jacob, when I asked you about who has the advantage, you mentioned that it's twofold, right? And, and I think that the first part of your statement in that the avalanche have a McKinnon and a Rantanen, and a Makar, even though he's not in the forward group, I would consider him one of our more offensively productive and top line guys. Sort, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had your mic. I had your mic turned down. What'd you say there? I say, I say at any given moment he might be, you know, in playing forward, playing exactly. Left wing, he hops into the play more than center behind the net, and then he's back at defense. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that that firepower goes further than maybe this, the bottom six depth might pose an advantage for the Kraken. What do you think of that, Ezra? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think the, the, the bottom line is the Avalanche have the, the top end talent to dominate this series. And if the bottom six gives up a couple more goals than they get, um, that's probably going to be totally fine. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I mean, and honestly, I, I think it's also important to look at the bottom six as a defensive unit and not necessarily as an offensive unit. Like that, that fourth line specifically is shut down that's what they do and yeah. Lars Eller, that's what he's been doing since he's been here every time he's on the os- on the ice except for one weird period in Arizona uh he's completely shut everything down so uh I think I think what we're looking for out of the bottom six is to take some pressure defensively off of the second line mm-hmm. and let the top six free to to score as much as they can and I expect to see that happen yeah yeah I agree I think that's a great way to put it. Like top six score as much as you can. <laughs> that's, that's, that really is it. I, I feel like that. Evan, do you expect that to be like a equal contribution between McKinnon and Rantanen? Or do you feel like, like I kind of feel like McKinnon might step into the Landis role, at least in terms of leading by example and leadership. Um, what do you think of that? I, I'd agree with that statement of, of McKinnon stepping into that kind of le- leadership role. Um, and in, I guess, I guess in, in terms of play, I guess in terms of play, I might give that more to Miko. Yeah. Um, like you know, Miko can he can play down low. He's played in front of the net a couple times before. I know that. Same with Val. Um, and you know, I know it's um, 
you know, the two could probably, you know, interchange things, go back and forth, working from the middle to the wing, um, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I, I think both of them are going to, I think both of them are going to do um, their roles differently, but also at the same, if that makes any sense. Yeah, That's it does. Really, that was yeah. not English. That did not work, but I'm glad. I'm glad That's it. Yeah, it does. It, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm excited because I think that those dudes have a potential to, like, set themselves apart in terms of their their narrative about, you know, them being um, better with <clears> each other and with Landis Gog and stuff. This has been a, a complete year without Landis Gog. And, and now we're going into a complete playoffs without Landis Gog. Um, and then there's just one thing I want to touch on in terms of one last thing I want to touch on in terms of the forward group. It, are you at all surprised to see Andrew Cogliano and Darren Helm in contact jerseys and seemingly everyone other than Landis Gog was a full participant in practice today? Jackie, does that surprise you? Um. No, not so much just because it's the playoffs. And right. if this was another regular season game, maybe a few of them would have been in red or not out there. Um, I mean, it's good that at least all those guys were close enough to practice fully. Um, I guess after Mulgan and Cogliano got hurt in the same game, I guess if you would have asked me right after that game if that both of them would be good to go in like four days, I might have been a little surprised. But uh, it did seem like it was trending in that direction. So I guess it's it's good to know that they're starting as healthy as they can be, I guess, at this point. Or as healthy as they want to be. <laughs> yeah. It, I just wonder if, like, Cogliano in particular – he toe picks two games in a row and the second one did not look good. The first one didn't look good, but just his reaction to the second one was, was pretty noticeably uh, negative. And it, it gave me vibes of like people, mm. someone said he went for x-rays. I don't know how, how substantiated those rumors are. I wouldn't be surprised though, based on how he went into the boards. I will say though, we heard stories and we talked about this like 20 editions ago, but Cogliano <laughs> was the guy who, got everyone together ahead of game six um, in the Stanley cup final. And, and most of the players um, agree and corroborate the story that, you know, it was him that stepped up and spoke and, and really struck a chord inside of the, inside of the group that was at the meeting. So I'm excited to see him back, especially without Landis Gog, you know, who's the most clear vocal leader of this avalanche group. Um, so that's, that's the forward group. And thank you, um, Evan for doing your work on that on the website. And like I previously mentioned, folks, if you haven't read the forward preview, head on over to milehighhockey.com and Evan's got you covered. So we talked a little bit about Kale McCarr and how he's basically a forward sometimes, but <laughs> um, that is a good segue to get into the defensive preview and the defensive matchups. Um, I'm pretty sure Ezra, you had this article and thank you for putting in your time and effort so I'll start with you. Um, Makar and Manson are said to return for game one. Do you, what do you expect from them given that they're coming off of injury? Is it like green light, all full go, no stop, same pairings, typical um, ice time? Or what do you expect from those two? Well, you know, that's that's an interesting way of asking it because you, you said what do you expect from them or are they full go and what do you expect for ice time? Um, yeah. I'll speak to the first part first which is i think yeah if they're in the lineup they're they're full go they're doing okay. they're doing their thing um manson in, in particular is harder to gauge because he was out for so long 
came back, played really well, but in a short stint and got hurt again. So it's harder to tell what his threshold's going to be for re-injury if it's if it's all connected in some way. Uh, I had heard that they were disconnected injuries. It was two fluke things that, that, that worked against him, but obviously being out of the lineup doesn't help you be ready for whatever the next muscle tweak or, or you know, groin pull or whatever could be. So um, so for him, I, I'm a little more concerned. For McCarr, he's just been chilling. He's been getting ready for the playoffs. He's been healthy, but not playing just because he wants to be as close to 100% as possible for these yeah. players. I, I expect to see him at full go. But I do think if the if Bednar's smart, and and he is, <laughs> but I do think if, if, he's, if he's got an eye to a long-term uh, playoff run here and the game goes well uh, on Tuesday, I would expect to see them try to try to balance out the minutes a lot more than they have been for the defense group. So, um, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't think you're going to see a 30 minute night from McCarr, but I do think you're going to see him at full speed doing McCarr things. Fair enough. I like that answer. I hope you're right about that because I, I agree with you. I think early on, if you can afford to, with the matchup, insulate some of your defenders who are coming back from injuries, just, just in terms of ice time, maybe not in terms of opportunity or situational opportunity for exactly. that matter. Um, you still want your best guys in the in the most important situation, uh, but I will I will say I'm I'm just a little bit concerned mainly about Manson, like you said, given the the type of injury and his style. How how ready is he for playoff hockey? At least in terms of uh, skate shape, like is he in good enough shape to chase people around? Um, you know, I'm. I, I look at the Avalanche D pairings, and I wonder if there is a potential for some tinkering um, if things maybe don't go as planned. Jackie, do you see there uh, – is there an opportunity in your mind to do some tinkering with these pairings, or do you think they're pretty much set in stone? Oh, I think that's the Avs MO is to tinker, especially with everyone available, okay. as we're assuming. Anyway, like even today they said that, like, other than Taze and Makar, like everybody was playing with everybody, which is kind of what I would expect. Like you might see Manson on the quote unquote second pair on paper, but we know that Byram and Gerard are each going to get a lot of minutes and they probably will each play more than Manson, which is, which is what has happened in the playoffs in the past and in the Mm -hmm. regular season. So I think, I think what's put on paper gets too much attention and, it's um they're gonna use everybody for sure it's about what's working right basically they're not gonna they're they're gonna tinker with it if they can't if they have to and and i feel like though with this group in particular like i i felt like byram and gerard sometimes struggled in a in a pair together so i feel like if it gets to that i might be a little bit concerned um, but that might also have something to do with the fact that they're playing really well together. So I don't know. I, I, that was just my perception and possibly just my opinion. Um, <laughs> definitely just my opinion. But well, I, I mean, I, I, we definitely see comments like that on the site. Yeah. Um, but but uh, but I, I will say, like, that's a pair that's together by necessity sometimes. Exactly. Not a pair that stays together throughout the game, any game. Right. Uh, you know, uh, it for the most part, it's been – a lot of Jack Johnson uh, mixed in with the two of those guys um, lately, which has been surprisingly effective. Jack yeah. bit deserves a shout out uh, all the time right now. He's playing great. <laughs> um, but uh, no idea if he's going to be in the lineup or, mm-hmm. or Eric will be. But, uh, but yeah, um, uh, I stole time from somebody else to speak probably here, but, <laughs> but I just wanted to chime in and say that, yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a pair that, uh, 
isn't necessarily ideal, but they get the job done. Sort of. You bring up a good question. You bring up a good question though. And I, I, I'm wondering this and I'm wondering what other people think about this. Which of the Johnsons do you play? Yeah. yeah because I feel like you could do either or like, I, I think Jack Johnson could continue to fill in his role that he's, you know, had, he had last year in the cup run and be that seventh defenseman. Uh, but I could also see him being the sixth defenseman and then Eric Johnson doing that. But then again, I don't think Eric Johnson would want to do that. And I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure. Well, Jacob, you were on top of the avalanche changing their, their mindset um, heading into like the Maple Leafs matchup. And that was a defensive focus type of thing. Do you think that that is going to carry over into the playoffs? Cause that's my prediction is that the Avs are much more defensively oriented, even though they were already last year. Um, in this playoffs, noticeably defensively oriented. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of been my, you know, base uh, case all year for the mm-hmm. abs. Is we're, we're so obsessed talking about the offense and for good reason, because, you know, they're the most exciting offensive team in, in the league when they're rolling. Um, but this year, by necessity, because they weren't uh, as deep as, as they were last year, they had to become a little bit more defensive and lean on that game. And they're really good mm-hmm. at it. And so... You know, that in a lot of ways was kind of the, the identity of this year's team. You know, I pointed out that there's, what, five or six teams, I think, that allowed fewer goals than the Avs this year, but there's like 12 or 13 that scored more than them. And so I do think that this is kind of primarily a defense. You know, I don't want to go as far as to say it's a defensive identity when you have, you know, Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr yeah. <laughs> you know, running the show. But the the way that they are, you know, training themselves to win hockey games essentially is a defensive first yeah. mind, mindset. And the the assumption is essentially, you know, <clears throat> if we take care of everything in our own zone on the back end, everything else will take care of itself going the other direction. Yeah, I agree. And that, that seems to be Bednar's message. Even last year, it seems to have, it seems to be his focus and, and kind yeah. of the foundation. It's like the defense creates offense. That seems to be like his mantra, which I'm yeah, cool with. Man- I would say his like his main critique that you would hear about the Avs this year when you know in games that they didn't play well, he'd always call out their checking and say yep. we got to you know got to be better checking, we got to got to get closer. Exactly. Well, I'm I, that's that pretty much covers the Avs. But Ezra, tell me, you did the article. Is yeah. there is this Kraken D group like the Avalanche in that they contribute offensively, or is there a more more of a focus on limiting chances for them? Well, uh, they are like the Avalanche decor in that they are driving play forward they are definitely play drivers except for their second pair which is two big bruising defensemen but their third pair is two guys who are moving the puck well so if they mix and match the way the abs do which they have from time to time uh and we see that second pair on paper not together as much then they have the puck mover on every pair uh in the same way that the abs like to um but you know the highlight for seattle's decor is vince dunn who's emerged out of nowhere to be maybe in the norse conversation he won't win he won't win finish top three but he put up 64 points uh and that's that's in a season where there's not eric carlson putting up 100 that's that's a pretty good total uh for a defenseman so you know uh uh he's he's been he's been quality and his pair with adam larson uh, is uh, i mean their their numbers are excellent they lead the league in even strength ice time together and they've outscored opponents on the ice together even strength by 21 goals uh, so you know they 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 made a they made a pretty big difference for that team. They're, they're a big reason that they that they're uh, anywhere near the playoffs, let alone you know in them. Yeah, I think it's easy for Avalanche fans to look at the Kraken and say, 
Uh, they're they're just an inferior team. Look at where they finished in the standings. We're the, we're the cup champs, yada yada. But it does feel like the 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 overarching theme of them is that they're kind of <clears throat> made up of in their defensive pairings. It's like good good but not great. Um, yeah. but but better than just average all across the board, which I think at least in their roles, which yeah. I think poses a threat for Colorado. Just in that you kind of have to we the Avs have to be exactly who they are. Otherwise, they might run into trouble. If it, if they play down, so to speak, which I'm basically saying the, the Kraken are good, but <laughs> but if they play down in the it, it, for lack of a better term, they're they're going to have some issues. Uh, Jackie, is there a perceived advantage um, one way or another for you defensively? I definitely would take the Avs defense. I'd pretty much McCarr. take the Avs defense over everybody, any other team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I guess you could say that probably is their overall competitive advantage. Um, yeah, Brian. And they've got to lean our, on that. I think. Yeah, Brian says our defense is solid. That's right. Our defense, any defense with Kale McCarr on it, right, probably has the advantage. <laughs> Definitely. Well. Yeah. More and than... we've seen even without him, they're pretty solid. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I mentioned this to you. I know a few episodes back, but when you have this pretty much the exact same defensive core that won the Stanley cup last year, uh-huh. you're going to be in pretty good terms. Yeah. So, you know, I it's defense wins championships as cliche as that sounds. Uh, and, you know, the abs proved it last year when you have, you know, maybe a, a quote unquote mediocre goalie and an uh-huh. incredible defense. It's going to take you far. So, you know, I think, I think they're going to do that you know, this time, and they have probably an even better goalie this time, which is actually probably a good segue. So I took yeah, the job from you. Nailed it. you I was just <laughs> about to say, speaking of goalies, um, and I could be mean, but I'm not gonna. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll start with myself. Um, Ado, does Philip Grubauer scare you? Um, no, I'm sorry, but he doesn't. I will say the prospect of a former goalie playing us in a playoff series, that scares me. But I know Grubauer, at least I think I do. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but he's always, to me, felt like the kind of guy who's good enough. And I think for the first time in in like five years since Semyon Varlamov, the Avalanche have a goalie that's more than just good enough. He has. We have a goalie with the potential to steal games. Um, and I think that that's, that might, in in conjunction with the defensive focus that might be the story of this year's Colorado avalanche. You know, we heard Bednar say they're going to have to find a way to do it differently. Um, this, this year's team. And I think that's the way is leaning on good goaltending, leaning on good defensive play. Um, and so back to Philip Grubauer, um, maybe I'm just salty because of how he played in game six against the Vegas golden Knights, but that's just my perception. I feel like he, he he can't necessarily be trusted when it's crunch time. Um, Evan, what do you think of that? Am I being mean? Hmm. Um, I don't know if I would say being mean. I think it's just being kind of an honest truth. Cause I mean, Grubauer was like that um, in the, in the playoffs for the ass, but I mean, to be fair, he was injured for part of the time and you know, everybody in that 2020 bubble was incredibly injured. So, um, you know, I think, I definitely do agree with you that like the prospect of a, of a former abs goalie playing, playing us in the playoffs is definitely a little scary. Um, I mean, somehow all the time, every time the abs managed to get goalied, 
And exactly. I think Grubauer could do that. And so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a two-edged knife. Like Grubauer knows where some of these guys are gonna shoot. He's gonna know where where guys are gonna be looking for, looking for passes, you know, tracking passes, so on and so forth. Um, but then the abs fours are also gonna know, like, okay, what are Grubauer's weak spots, right? Yeah. Where where are they gonna aim in the net? Right. So, you know, it it's a matter of like trying to find the in-between there. Like, can the Avs, you know get get at Grubauer's weaknesses uh but can Grubauer you know maybe learn from that because he knows right um mm-hmm. he's probably he's probably a huge influence um in that Kraken locker room considering you know he does have playoff experience let alone against the team that the Kraken are playing in their first ever playoff appearance right right um yeah. Burakovsky I know is going to be missing the first round but you know he he could be offering things too like from afar um but you know it's not quite the same when you're not in the locker room playing like Grubauer will be. So yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know kind of how how he steps up and where he leads this Kraken team from the back, um, simply just because he was a former half. Right, and I'm speaking so confidently that it's almost entirely destiny that he gets a shutout at some point. But <laughs> but right now you know he's sitting at a yeah right he's sitting at a two point eight five goals against average and a save percentage that's sub nine hundred at eight nine five. And he he and uh Martin Jones are the only one of the only goalie tandems to both get like thirty some games and they've uh, uh their defense seems to insulate them the most. Like they've seen the fewest shots on goal out of any two tandems. Do you think that that speaks to the fact that the Kraken like know it about themselves that they kind of have lackluster goaltending? I'll give this one to you, Jackie. Um, from what I recall, I think Jones was doing well early on, mm-hmm. and it was kind of surprising because he's definitely had an up and down career. And then I believe it's been more Grubauer lately, and yes. also Jones had a an injury, so I think. I don't know if they prefer a tandem, I guess. It just yeah. seems to be that's how it's worked out. Like one of them was kind of the guy for a while. And now it seems like it's swung back to Grubauer, which you'd probably want to go with, especially like Money. you said, his, his familiarity. <laughs> yeah. But it could work both ways because I do remember in the game the Avs beat the Kraken, it was in a shootout. And I remember McKinnon. Um, had the game-winning shot, and he did something that he never usually does. Like, he usually takes a shot, but it was that really, like, slick five-hole shot, and it was kind of mm. like, you know, was he really thinking about Grubauer and how to beat him? Because McKinnon usually does what he wants, not necessarily goalie-specific, and it seemed like in that moment he was really trying to um, use a little bit of strategy there. So, mm-hmm. um you know, maybe that's kind of what I'm looking for is is the Avs have thought about like how to attack him a bit. But to answer your question, I I don't know. I think they're gonna roll with Grubauer. I guess we'll see. Like are they are they more will if things don't go their way early on, are they willing to like pull the plug and go with Jones? I don't that's gonna definitely be something to watch because I'm not really sure uh, what their inclination is at that point. I mean, the the Kraken have been they've been rolling with guys that are hot in in net. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why you mentioned Martin Jones, and then now obviously Grubauer. So, um, you know, I think they're going to roll with Grubauer at least to start. Hot but... seems like a strong word. Well, in good form. In good form. How about that? Lukewarm. 
here's my takeaway, I guess, with, with the entire Kraken roster, I guess. Um, like they're they're well rounded, they have their pieces, they have what works for them, right? But they they're not at the point where they're like able to get over the hump, I feel like, in my opinion. I think I the best comparison I can make is that they're the abs of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh 2018-2019. Uh so I I don't know. I think that's where that's where I would rank them, at least for the time being. Like they they've got what they works, they've got what works for them. And you know, it got him to a first ever playoff ex- uh, first ever playoff appearance. So, you know, whatever whatever works in that department for them. Um, so now it's just a matter of how they build off of that, right? Um yeah. they and- kind of remind me of Nashville from last year in a in a way, because they also are writing some high shooting percentages. Um the forward groups sort of similar. Like Nashville doesn't really have like a star. I mean, I guess you could argue maybe Philip Forsberg is better than anyone they have, but I think it's kind of similar. Just obviously Nashville is better goaltending. I just also find it interesting that a, a team that's only existed for two years has good depth. You know, isn't that kind of, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, just something interesting to think about because it seems like that's so hard to get is good depth. And it's like, yeah, obviously the expansion draft is part of it, but they also didn't really hit that one out of the park either. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that explains it kind of because I feel like the approach from other teams when the expansion draft came around was the opposite of what it was when Vegas had theirs because everybody learned, oh shit, somebody will actually just go take this contract on for no reason. It makes no sense whatsoever, but they're going to take it on and find the money or flip the asset. And so they they protected people that were more of those high-end assets. And so I think some of those tweener depth guys were the ones exposed. I know obviously like the, the roster now and that roster look a lot different, but I still think that there has, there's something to be said about the way those assets were flipped and how that, that plays into the depth that they currently have. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Ahead. There's definitely something to be said about like giving opportunity. Like you look at Sprong, like how on earth they just randomly get this guy and he scored like 46 points. Right. It's It's like Carlson almost for the Knights, right? Yeah, exactly. So it it is interesting about like giving guys opportunity, right? And on paper weren't as good as they were able to do in this new environment. So, I mean, I guess truly the hardest thing is to get stars, which they're going to have to deal with that. But it is crazy that a team can have such good depth just by giving opportunity to guys. Yeah. And speaking of giving opportunities to people, Alexander Gorgiev finally has an opportunity to be a playoff starting netminder. Um, So, you know, Jacob, how do you feel about Gorgiev heading into the first round? Are you excited? Are you nervous? What's the vibe? Uh, I'm real excited for him. You know, he, he's, he seems like he's got it. I would say like that, you know, that the Rangers game, I think really kind of convinced me that, uh, that he has kind of that, you know, that dog in him to, you know, to, <laughs> to, for lack of a better term. Um, you sound, you that, sound like me, my generation. Yeah. Good job. See the meme now. <laughs> X-ray. <laughs> say, say, hey, how you doing fellow kids? Yeah. Um, no cap. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> but no, I like, I think that he, you know, this is the opportunity he's waited his entire career for. This is mm-hmm. like, this is the moment for him. And he has approached this year with such a gusto and, you know, just his style of play. He's so aggressive. He he, he 
clearly trusts him, you know, himself in net. And I just think that we're, we're going to see him go for it. He knows that he's been, you know, ca- carrying a big load this year and he's, he's going to keep it up in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm excited too. I think that he has the potential and I wrote in the script and you guys probably all thought I was like a dad, but they're like, yeah, I said he has the potential to be the toast of the town. And I think that that's true. I think like if he steals a couple of series and a couple of games in big series, like he could be somebody who gets on that Mount Rushmore of retired jerseys if he puts together a few couple more years after that, given this is the first year of his contract, right? So yeah. I'm excited to see him play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one year. But yeah, I mean I think you're not you're not uh off base to say I that. know well, that's why I said if he follows uh, up a cup run yeah. with a couple of good years, I think you know, or a win, cup win is goes a long way to getting your number in the rafters. Uh, especially you know, when you're. We, go ahead. We we, had, we didn't have that same conversation about Kemper because we saw Kemper as a guy kind of like Good here point, for a, a moment, right? Um, and now we're seeing Georgiev as a guy who can continue to grow with the team. Exactly, and that's pretty exciting. I guess yeah, that's kind of what I'm pointing to is he's got that potential to be the be the face of at least that side of the franchise for a few years, including this one, which I think sets up nicely. Um, somebody who's kind of been the face, at least consi- the most consistent face of the goalie group is Frankie Papa Francois, Francouz. Um, what what uh, is that? I know, right? All the, all the wrong pronunciation. Right? <laughs> yeah. Here, somebody, Francois, there it is. There Whoa. you go. <laughs> That's one of those names, man. It's like, I just never mind. We'll move on. Anyway, um, do you, how do you expect Evan Martin Jones or Frankie to play into this series, if at all? Uh, I think, I mean, at least in, in Francois's case, it's going to be he'll pop in whenever he needs to, right? Whenever he's called upon. Um, he did that a whole bunch, you know, during the playoffs last year. It was huge. It was influential. Um, really, really underrated piece to that cup run um, that a lot of people overlook. Um so it's going to be the same here in this case. I mean, Georgiev is most definitely our starter. He is definitely going to be the one that uses his momentum and flows and eb- ebbs and flows. I mean, uh, you know, to win games, right? I mean, mm-hmm. even even like look at the Nashville game on Friday, right? That yep. huge save that he made with two minutes to go, and then down the other end, McKinnon gets his hat trick goal to win the Central Division, right? Like. Right. That is that is clutch Alexander Georgiev. That is what he does. So, you know, unfortunately for Francois, he, he has to watch on the bench. Um, as, <laughs> as as much of a shame as that is, because he is a really good goaltender, right? I mean, we've we've seen that. There was probably there might have been debate where it could have been like a one A one B scenario all year, but it wasn't. And you know, you also have to look into Francois's injuries that he dealt with this year, just yeah. like everybody else. Um, and you know he's just not at the same caliper as um, as Georgiev is. So I mean he's only going to come in whenever he's called upon, really. Um, and yeah. you know, my, same might go for Martin Jones. Also, I mean, kind of like I mentioned earlier, they're gonna they're gonna go with whoever is the most lukewarm goalie, as Ezra said. <laughs> uh, and you know, maybe if if Grubauer struggles in his first two games, right against the Avs, then maybe they'll go back to Seattle and they'll try Martin Jones in Game Three. You know, you never know. Yeah. So, that's- it's just how I feel. Dave, yeah, it's a matter of whatever Dave Haxtell wants to do with that. Um, but I think for now, it's just going to be Groove Hour. And so, yeah. yeah. The sooner we see Martin Jones, the better, in my mind, because that means Groove Hour just got ran through. And yeah. so, and, and the Avs have gotten the best of Martin Jones, too, in the past, right? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So, 
you know, of course I was with his time in San Jose and, you know, San Jose's kind of plat, not plateaued, fallen off a cliff the last few years. <laughs> so, um, they need you know. him back. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it, both of them are going to enjoy their time on the bench. I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I got. I think it goes a long way for a guy like, uh, Gorgiev to know that you have Frankie backing you up. Um, in the event that things just it's not really going your way you know Frankie can step in not be much of a drop off and give you just another day you know Mm -hmm. just wash clean your hands move on whatever but same goes same is true for the avalanche if we see Frankie and Gorgiev is healthy that means something bad has happened in the first couple of games so I hope that that doesn't happen and speaking of bad things happening I sent out our live poll this week and if you don't already follow us on Twitter please head over there because we do a lot of fun stuff that contributes to our content you can follow us at mhh underscore lab and you can follow the entire site at mile high hockey Um, but this week's poll is kind of centered around what we might be concerned of heading into this first round matchup with the kraken so i gave three options and then i I gave a fourth for people to write in Um, are we concerned about grubauer going off um, and goaling the abs, basically. Um, are we concerned about the abs being too thin in terms of their depth? And are we worried about losing leadership and how they might handle momentum swings? Um, who wants this one? I'll start with you, Jacob. What's sure. your answer to this poll and why? Uh, so my answer is I'm not really scared of any one thing. It's more a combination of, of multiple things. And so, like, one scenario that, that scares me is, you know, Larson and Dunn play out, out of their minds, you know, at, play Makar and Taze to at something resembling a draw. We get a couple of good group hour games and then, you know, Matty Beneers elevates a, a couple levels and steals a, a game or two. And all of a sudden the abs find them in, themselves in a game six. I, I don't think that Seattle is close enough to the abs where you can point to any one factor saying like this could be what you know pushes seattle over the series i think it's going to take multiple things for for this to go right for for seattle yeah and just to give you a hint on what the results are so far 143 voters have voted a 53 percent of the abs being too thin evan it seems like now that we've seen the dust settle on the landis gog injury saga um people are concerned that the avalanche didn't utilize kind of the LTR the way the LTIR, the way that the golden Knights did as of today. Um, What do you think about that? Do you think the abs are thin or are you not concerned? Okay. Let me address the Lannis LTIR trade deadline thing, because it has been all over the comments. It's been all over Twitter. So stupid. (laughs) The abs you know, they could, yeah, yes, they had $7 million in LTIR because Landis Cog was out. Correct. Yes, that $7 million extra dollars that they could have used to get somebody. But there were no assets to get people. Yeah. There were no assets. So, and there were no people to get. And there were no people to get either. Exactly. Like, they only got T- Timo Meyer, but like we can look at the trade and we can see what assets were given up for him. And the abs literally they didn't, didn't have, have those didn't assets. Have and exactly. so, like, that's it. That's the one guy they couldn't have made the trade that it required to take get him. Yep, exactly. And I don't think people understand that. They just see a big number and they see, oh, that big number wasn't used. Yeah. So, well, it's safe to say ugh. they tried, probably, right? They, they probably really, just yeah, couldn't right. bring anything to the mm-hmm. table that competed yeah. with 
the other offers that teams were able to put up based on the fact that the Avs just didn't have assets. Exactly. So, you think, like, yeah. Yeah, we could go down this rabbit hole back again. No, I get the trade deadline. So, (laughs) to go back to the poll and how that relates to that, that's pretty much what people are getting at, right? Is that we didn't make a move at the deadline. And so the Avs don't have that depth. And and that's an insult to Lars Elder. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's the thing too. He's been you so cannot, good. You cannot replace Gabriel Landeskog. You cannot replace looks, his yeah. his captaincy. You can't replace his presence in front of the net. You can't replicate his scoring, his presence in the locker room. You name it. You can't replace that. Simple, simply put, unless you went out and got some other team's captain, but that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not worried oh, about that okay. part. I'm not worried about that part at all. I'm I'm more worried about. I I wrote other. Because it's kind of related to the abs being thin, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't call the abs thin. I would just yeah. say that I'm worried more about Seattle's death, depth and like shush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about Seattle's death too, bro. <laughs> no, no, I hear you. I hear you. I, I'm more, yeah, I'm, I'd be more worried about their depth and like seeing how that lines up with the abs' depth pretty yeah. much. Like I'm, I'm not too worried about the abs, you know, looking like. December abs where you have John Luke foodie in the lineup, right? I'm not worried about that part. I'm more worried about, you know, will Seattle scoring, you know, from that fourth line with Daniel Sprong or Eli Tolvin in, right? Like Mm -hmm. how, how will that depth affect the abs and like, you know, like an Andrew Cogliano or a Darren Helm, right. Or Dennis Mulligan, Um, you know, how, how are they going to match up? How are they going to battle? So that's, that's what I'm more, that's what I'm more focused on, I guess. and more worried about, um, rather than the abs just being, I guess, thin as a whole and yeah. missing out on leadership. Because Landis Cog is still going to be there. He's still going to be there in the locker room and yeah. you know, with the team, traveling with the team. He's already said that. He's going to be around the team as much as he can. Um, he was there this morning at practice. So you know, it's not like he's gone, right? right? He, he'll still be there. It'll, it'll just be in a different – it'll just be there in a different aspect. Yeah, I agree. And I will say, though, that like the, the thing about playoff hockey is momentum swings. There's a lot of very harsh momentum swings, and it takes resolve to stay composed inside of those momentum swings, and it takes resolve to stick to the plan. And I think that's what the Avalanche did better last year than they ever have, and that's kind of what culminated into their success. Um, Jackie, are you know Evan mentions he's more concerned about the depth. Are you at all concerned about the way this Avalanche team will handle momentum swings, or? Is there enough of last year's squad and last year's experience ingrained in them for them to be just fine in that regard? Okay, I have a couple answers for this. Um, Okay. To answer your question specifically, one thing I'm really looking for is what adjustments they do make when they face adversity. Like, Like last year they didn't have to do it really at all like they lost four games Mm -hmm. and they were never down in a series they were never in an elimination game game seven and I feel like one thing that they did against Vegas was like Bednar is very much a this is what he thinks his best hand is and he's playing it Mm -hmm. and obviously that approach won them a cup but I'm really interested to see like if the chips really are down what kind of adjustments he makes because he like I said he tends to just kind of roll with what he thinks is best. And I think he did leave a little bit on the table in that Vegas series. So I'm just really curious to see if they've learned a little bit from that moment. And it's tough because you don't want them to just completely panic and do things that are completely out of their wheelhouse, but it's a fine line. So that's one thing I'm not, 
I'm really interested to see what they do when they when they face true adversity. But to answer the poll, I would say other. My biggest concern is injuries. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I think that is going to be um, probably the story of this team. Either they win it all or when they get knocked out. I it'll, Unfortunately, it'll I feel like, yeah. you know, it, it, it's how healthy can they stay? Because mm-hmm. we can make the argument the depth is okay, but they have a lot thinner margin for error, I think. And so I think that's going to be a huge factor. But I guess just in general of the series with Seattle, like just scoring, because there were all low scoring games, all one goal games, Seattle won two of them. You just want to see them consistently be able to put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. If they can do that, I think they'll be fine. I do expect the games to be competitive, but like they have the stars. If if they're getting goals, I, I don't think Rantanen scored a single goal against Seattle, which is amazing. Oh, wow. He scored 55. Wow. Yeah, it well. I didn't realize that. Wow. So, um, yeah, it was interesting that they got goals from like Newhook and Mulgan and Byram. And so they didn't really have the stars really um, scoring in this series. So I think if that can occur, they'll be fine. So I guess from a game perspective, that's what I'm looking at the most for this series. Yeah, this should be the year that McKinnon wins the Smythe for just having an absolutely dominant playoff um, based on his trajectory, right? Because he finally got the monkey off his back, finally – did shit as he put it um <laughs> and now i feel like he's more free i think you even saw in his success in a shortened regular season i mean guy got 42 was it 42 at the end of the hat trick 42 goals in 71 so. yeah 71 games right. 100 plus points in 71 games i mean if if he did play 82 i i i i wonder what those numbers would have looked like um in the eyes of the rest of the nhl world um, but Ezra, I just want to land on you. What was your answer to this poll and why? Yeah, I also said other uh, with injuries in mind. I think it, it, especially with how things have gone for, for the team this year, obviously injuries are a big factor. I'm thinking specifically about guys like Manson and Cogliano and Helm, who we've seen consistently get dinged up and mm-hmm. Cogliano's playing through it, obviously, but Helm and Manson have been in and out of the lineup. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I want to talk about the abs being too thin and the concerns about the, um, depth a little bit more. I know we've kind of beat it, <laughs> beat it to a, to a pulp here, but I think, it, I think what's important to think about is like the, the avalanche bottom six is designed to be defensive stoppers for other teams, top sixes. Yeah. If they can't stop the Kraken's bottom six. That's terrible. I, I think they like, they'll probably get outscored bottom six versus bottom six, mm-hmm. but by like a goal or two. It's not going to be a, a big issue. I, I really, I really believe that because they're built to defend great offense, and so they can defend mediocre offense. You know, yeah, it'll be okay. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good observation. Like if you can't do that, you're in trouble, right? Um, yeah. and, and that's where it's that's going to be the story of the series. Um, so I'm with you there. Uh, I, I agree with, I think all of you that overarching, like a lot of the comments were none, nothing. I don't have one. No yeah. I, I like that. That was good. That, yeah. it, and, it, and it's a good mantra to have to you. Cause I mean, I, 
I know I brought it up last year in our in our roundtable before the playoffs. I think the Avs had lost like you know six games or something going into the playoffs because they were just resting guys. Um, and I was like, I'm worried about how they're going to come out. And they put up five on Nashville in the first period. So, you know, it, they, they can, they so can, flip, they can, they can flip the switch just yeah. like that. So I, I'm expecting something similar tomorrow night that they're going to flip a switch. And, you know, especially when they're coming in with their healthiest lineup, probably of the year is yeah. that that's going to be a good thing. And I mean, Darren home, especially I'm, I'm happy to see that because yeah, I, that know, was, that I know was I said that, that last really surprised me. Mm-hmm. I know I said that last week where I was like, Ooh, I, I don't know, but here we are. So yeah. he, he may play tomorrow. Who knows? I have Who no knows? idea. Yeah. Ben I think back up to his usual, yeah. said he wouldn't play game one and two. Yeah. Oh no. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know. Bed- Bednar's up to his antics of like, I'm going to tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> he, w- he wouldn't confirm Makar, and Makar was like, oh yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Makar confirmed himself. Like that, yeah, that was exactly. funny. That's yeah. how you know the playoffs have started. We're, we're right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, what did, what did coach say before I answer? Yeah. That's funny. Um, so I want to open the floor now before we we're, we're zooming through this episode, even though we're doing a little bit of a longer form today. But I wanted to open the floor up, but I want to give it to you, Jackie, first, because oh you boy, did. The, well, you dished out the round table, right? So you could just okay, steal one of yeah. those questions from the round table, your favorite one from this week's round table ahead of the matchup. And if you haven't read it, head on over to mahihockey.com. Once again, we have all of your playoff preview necessities. So, Jackie, what was your favorite question from the roundtable you sent to our panel of writers? I think the last question. I think um, it's important to discuss how far they need to get. And I know I mm-hmm. use the word unacceptable if they don't repeat. And and I can see that probably nobody feels that way, uh, knowing that it is very difficult to repeat and everything. But, you know, there's also... <laughs> sort of a perception that um, you got to believe they can go all the way too. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's very hard to predict them to not go all the way. So I think it is an important discussion to say like, how far does this team really need to get? Like what, is it all just gravy from here on out because they won once? I don't think so. I think we all want like a dynasty and, and, something really truly special from this group but you know so that's kind of what i want to ask everybody like where are you at with truly what do you need to see from this team to conclude this season yeah um let's go evan you you take that yeah i mean i put it in the article and i'll say it again here um i mean the heart the heart wants a, a repeat repeat or bust um right but the head up here is thinking injuries right because that's just been the norm of the season um and also trying to stop connor freaking mcdavid um Mm -hmm. so uh you know they did it last year of course in the western conference final and i think the two are going to meet again in the western conference final um but if they meet in the western conference final there's absolutely no way the abs are going to sweep them this time there's no way uh, there's no Mike Smith in goal this time around. And so he's a rookie though. Uh, yeah. 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 So, you know, I, so my, my head says Western conference final, like getting back to that point. And then, you know, anything after that, I think is, is a treat, um, getting back to the final and of course winning it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with, with that question. Um, and 
you know, obviously I hope my head is wrong and my heart is right. Yeah. Trust my gut, right? Well, yeah, I didn't actually have time to participate in the round table. So it's a good opportunity right now for me to answer that question from my point of view. I would say that the Avalanche, I think if they make it to the Stanley Cup, it'll be quite a feat. And I bet you that that's, that's their goal because once you're there, just win it, right? But I mm-hmm. think like getting there is probably the goal in my mind because if you get there and you do it with all of the adversity you've faced, it says a lot about a lot of things, the the coaching staff and their communication with the players. It says a lot about the character inside of the organization from top to bottom. So I think that that, that for me is the marker, the, the, I guess the barometer, Ezra, what do you think? What's your answer? Yeah. I mean, I think just like, obviously a a repeat is is the dream it's it's what we all want i think though like giving yourself the opportunity to repeat is is the most important thing Mm -hmm. for me and and that doesn't necessarily mean making the final but it does mean not not making the not making mistakes to lose you know what i mean like if another team beats you okay that happens that's hockey but if you beat yourself then that's going to be a disappointing end of the year so I didn't really put that in the article, but that is my true opinion. I, yeah. I kind of make more of a joke out of my answer in that. In the article. But, uh, oh, uh, the comedian making a joke? Yo, <laughs> oh, no. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm being sincere now. Uh, my true opinion is uh, if, if they lose to the Kraken, that's going to be really disappointing. If they lose in the second round, that's that's maybe defensible if it's a really great series. But if they, if they make the Western Conference final and they and they can't quite pull it out, that makes sense. They're missing a lot of uh, they're missing a key player in, in Gabe Landeskog and probably somebody else by that point. Yeah. So, yeah. What, now I'm reading what you wrote and you said, but if we don't win the cup again, I'm quitting to start a Kraken blog. <laughs> 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 oh, that's uh, great. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, what, what do you think? Said, go, go visit Davy Jones's locker room. Yeah, Davy Jones is cool. <laughs> greatly uh, like the names the branding around all things kraken has been absolutely out of this world so i mean did you guys see the graphic that their their team put out that said like see to summit and it looked like yeah, the old sea really journal cool. super cool like good oh, wow. good on that organization on them. yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're making they're, they're making the most of their run they're making the exactly. most of it i don't blame them one bit so that's exactly I only have two jerseys one's an avalanche one's a kraken <sighs> Oh really? Interesting. Maybe it wasn't a joke. When I was a, this is a personal story. Sorry, but um, I was uh, a writer for a a, blo- a, a a magazine in Seattle when they were oh, like, nice. hey, "We're gonna get a team," and then I was like, "Okay, great. When they come, I, that's what I'll do." And then they didn't come, and then they didn't come, and then they didn't come, and I was like, "Okay, I'm moving." And I moved. Oh, to LA. <laughs> he stole yeah. you. Uh huh. <laughs> That's well, so we could have been bringing you on as a guest today, and instead, (laughs) (laughs) alternate universe, yeah, Yeah, where the the Seattle got their team in 2015 instead of 2018. Yeah, (laughs) well, I'll I'll send it over to Jacob. Jacob, what was what's your answer? Are you where what's the uh, what does success look like for the Colorado Avalanche in this postseason? Uh, I think, I mean, I think we're all on the same page that like, the Western conference final, I think is kind of the, the, the bare minimum, you know, if they, if they lose to Seattle, you know, 
like Ezra said, the only way that happens is you beat yourself in in that round. Like for for Seattle to outplay the Avs, like the, you know, Matty Beneers would have to turn to Connor McDavid over overnight. Like mm-hmm. the amount of things that would have to go right for that team for them to outplay him. You know, the Avs have no business losing that series if they play their best. And you know, Dallas is tough. Minnesota's tough. Either of those teams are good, but like you know, especially Dallas, they had everything go right for them. I think they had like three man games lost to injury on, on their defense all year long. Like they were one of the healthiest teams in the entire NHL. They couldn't have asked for, for more of the season. They finished a point behind the abs who had right. everything go wrong for them. And so like, <laughs> I respect them. You know, first off you have to, as an abs fan, you have to respect any team that has Joe Pavelski on it. Cause you know, he's going to kill you <laughs> yeah. in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that guy's good for at least one goal a game against yeah. you in the playoffs. Um, and you know you respect the, the way that they play. They've they've been there. They've they've got postseason experience. But again, they just if both teams are playing their best, it's hard for me to see how the Avs would lose to either Dallas or, or Minnesota. And so then you go to okay, if both teams play their best in the Western Conference Final, Edmonton, yeah, absolutely. And Vegas, you know, they're still the boogeyman at, at this mm-hmm. point. That's the the one you know team on the revenge tour. They haven't the Avs haven't kicked kicked off yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, losing to either of those two teams in the Western final is, is acceptable. You know, if it was like Los Angeles or something, then no, like that's, no. that's also <laughs> catastrophic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, lo- if they lose to Vegas or, or Edmonton in the Western final, I can be at peace. Anything else, I'm going to be a wreck all off season. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that's exactly it right there. Um, I'll open it up. Is there something that we haven't touched on that one of one of you wants to mention or see what we all have to say? What if we just go through general playoff predictions, like rapid fire, just go through the Let's rounds? Do it. I like it. Sure. I like that I'll, a lot. I'll, I'll think about my bracket that I made in like the five leagues that I'm in, which side note, because I saw you put it on the Twitter, Adrian. Yeah. Join the Mile yes. High Hockey Lab bracket challenge. Yeah, uh, we, oh, we, we made our own that. bracket. So oh, that, I gotta do that. Yeah, so Ooh. people can so people can join. So let's just do that. I'm down. Um, we'll start with we'll start with Avs and Kraken, and we'll start with you, Jackie. Who wins and how many games? Definitely got to pick the Avs here. I think five. And I was more conservative five, okay. last year. That's the so question. <laughs> if they don't do it, not good. But um, I don't mean to jinx them. But Avs and five. Okay, Dallas and Minnesota. Oh, you. So we're gonna go through we're the rolling. whole thing. You just want to yeah, answer. We're okay. Um, oh, I think. Okay. Uh, what did I pick? Give everybody um, time. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, we're gonna go with an upset. Minnesota. Minnesota and seven. Ooh. I think that one's too long. It's gonna be Abs Wild in round two. Yeah. I would not like to play Ryan Reeves in the playoffs just because he's such a goon. Um, oh gosh, why'd you remind me of that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, but then you hear the people like, McDermott's got to be on the ice, and then I'm going to really lose my mind. <laughs> no. um, okay, Jackie, Vegas and Winnipeg. Vegas for sure. Um, okay. Five, maybe four. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then Edmonton and L.A. Uh, I don't like Edmonton as much as everyone else. Um, I'm picking L.A. Screw the Oilers. Ooh, I like yeah, that. L.A. and six. Okay. Bruins and Panthers in the East. Um, Bruins in four. Yeah. <laughs> Even I though Chris so. Bergeron is sick today. <laughs> uh, uh, the the uh, yearly meme, uh, Maple Leafs or Lightning? I think the Leafs will finally actually win. And six. If they get to game seven, they're done. But okay. Leafs and six. Okay. And Hurricanes and Islanders. Uh, hurricanes in 
And the Islanders are so annoying. I'll say five, <laughs> though. Annoying in what way? In that they, like, can't Like, be, I just they... wish they didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I think Whoa. the Islanders... Off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's so good. I just wish they didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel about my credit card debt. Anyway, <laughs> Devils, Devils and Rangers, Jackie. Last one. Um, I'll say Rangers in seven. I like, Ooh, I really like how the Devils one. are trending, but young teams just, they just don't, don't go on a run. They, they got to get a little playoff adversity under their belts. I think it can go far. So let's that's say fair. Rangers in seven. That's fair. Yeah. I feel like the Rangers are where the, the Devils will be in a couple of years. Yeah. On, yeah. I, I agree with you. All right, Ezra, you're up. Kraken right. or Avalanche? No, uh, Avalanche. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Get out of here. Log. And the newest member of Davy Jones's locker. <laughs> okay. No, that's Avalanche and six for me, for sure. Okay. Dallas and Wild? Uh, Dallas and five. Okay. Ooh. Like that. Uh, Jets and Knights? Uh, Vegas and five. Okay. Nothing too surprising here. Oilers and LA? Kings and seven. That's a little surprising. Yeah. Wow. Two people that have picked the Kings. The Kings. I, I, just to, to defend the choice, and I think mm-hmm. Jackie's probably on the same page as me, the Kings have defensive center depth to just they, – they can shut down whoever's out there for Edmonton all, all night. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be – That's a good one. That's, there's some money to me. Be, there's a lot, some money to be made there if that's I'm true. I'm not a gambler, but I wish I was. Yeah, I know, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, uh, Bruins and Panthers. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Bruins and four. Uh, five. I'm gonna go five. You can go give five. Panthers one of them. Okay, yeah. Leafs and Lightning. Uh, Leafs and six. Okay. I think it happens this year. Lightning nice. are, are toasting. That seems to be the general thesis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Hurricanes and Islanders. Do you feel like the Islanders, Islanders could? Six. Oh, so you you're cool with them existing. I don't really. I'd be fine if they didn't, but it was so nice last year when they didn't like hang around like they did the previous years, like get into the third round. It's like this just makes the playoffs worse. Yeah, having to watch this team. I I like them a little more. They're a little more fun this year, but yeah, Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, they're like like watching paint dry. I agree. Um, So last one. Rangers and Devils. This one's so hard to pick because if the Devils had any more reliable goaltending than Vitek Vanacek, who's been great this year, but I just can't trust him, mm-hmm. I would pick them. But I, I'm going to go Rangers and six. Cool. All right. So that's Ezra. Jacob, your turn. Avs and Kraken. Uh, Avs and four. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I feel that too. Um, <clears throat> Wild and Stars. Uh, I think the Stars win fairly easily. I say Stars in five. Okay. So that we're going to start the second round when the first round and the other games are still rolling. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Vegas and Jets. Uh, I think Vegas is going to have some trouble with the Jets. I'll say Vegas in six. Mm. I think I think Hellebuck steals at least a game. Cool. I agree. That, that Hellebuck, that's what I said a couple episodes ago. It's like if I had the choice between playing the Kraken or the Jets – I think the Kraken might be a more well-rounded team, but just in terms of their goaltending, yeah. I'd rather play the Kraken because hell, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Oilers and and Kings. Uh, I agree with Jackie and Ezra that the Oilers are going to have some trouble with the Kings, but I think they squeak it out. I'll say Oilers in seven. Oh, so this is going to be sounding like it's going to be the 
second closest series, maybe other than the Rangers and, and Devils in most people's eyes. Um, Bruins and Panthers. I think the Panthers will pick a game off. I'll go Bruins in five. Okay. Leafs and Lightning. Uh, I, you know, the Leafs are cursed, man. Uh, Lightning in seven. Like, that's, <laughs> it, it's got to be like. If they get to seven, like I said. Yeah, I agree with seven. you. <laughs> they, like, I would think the Leafs would prefer to play that on the road. Like, I don't know if they really want to be in Toronto for that, man. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if you're down two goals in game seven at home, yeah. ooh, that might be rough. Uh, Carolina and Islanders. Uh, this, I think, is an upset. I think Sorokin steals this. I think I, I think Islanders in seven. Nice. Ooh. And uh, Devils and Rangers. Uh, I agree with Jackie. I think Ra- Rangers are a little too seasoned at, the, at this point, and Devils are you know a few years behind them. So Rangers in six, we'll say. It'll be a feisty series. Nice. I like it. So we're pretty much all in agreement so far, right? Other than the Oilers. You said they'll have trouble, but they'll they'll pull it off still. Yeah. So, so Evan – Last but not least, uh, abs and Kraken. Uh, this is not going to be a sweep this time around. Seattle's too good to not get swept. Uh, they're going to take a couple games. Abs in six. This is being recorded. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'll, I'll uh, happily eat my words. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. okay. Like every yeah. single series last year, I was like, oh, abs in six or seven. So it's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's okay Dal- for them to prove you wrong. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Dallas or Minnesota? Uh, Kirill, Kirill Kaprizov is single-handedly going to take the Wild to Game 7, but Dallas is going to win okay. Game 7. See that? Jets and Knights? Uh, Knights and 5. I mean, Hellebuck can only do so much. Fair enough. Oilers and Kings, the hot ticket. Pretty much retweet what Jacob said. Oilers and 7. It's going to be exactly the same gotcha. as it was last year. Bruins and Panthers. Bruins and four. Get out of here, Florida. Get out of here. <laughs> That's a team I forget exists sometimes. Yeah, if, yeah. We're going, if we're going down the aisles route. Yeah. Leafs and Lightning. Again, retweet what Jacob said. Until they prove me wrong, otherwise, You're going with the Tampa's going to or Tampa's going to beat them <laughs> in, yeah. in seven games. That's like fair. until they prove me wrong. Yeah. And every every year, oh, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. I agree. Stop with that BS. Yeah. Anyway. All right, uh, Carolina and Islanders. See, I I want to go with the Isles just because Svechnikov is out and like that's a big loss for Carolina, but Carolina is still going to pull through. I think they're going to win in six. Okay. And last but not least, Rangers and Devils. Yeah, pretty much same as everybody else. I wish the Devils were a little bit more seasoned, so I'm going to say Rangers win it on home ice in Game Six. Yeah, I agree with all of you on most of them. I think I, I'm with you all with the L.A. giving the Oilers a tough time. I I'm, I do think that they will upset them, and I also think that the Devils are going to upset the Rangers. And I Ooh. think so because I feel like the addition of Patty Kane hasn't done good. I think it's going to hurt them more than it helps them because he's, he's going to be hmm. given opportunities that I just feel like – I don't know. I this is being recorded, Adrian. He's probably going to come and have <laughs> the first goal for the Rangers, and they're going to sweep the Devils. But I, I, I really do feel like they gave him the keys to the Lamborghini, and he, he doesn't know how to drive standard anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's just my thought on. And I feel like the Devils are the opposite. I feel like they're further along than we thought they would ever be, and they have some young guys that don't seem to shy away from the big game moments. That's like where I feel like they're different than the Leafs in in that like when the 
stuff really hits the fan, I feel like the Devils just have nothing to lose. So they'll be able to to kind of step into that. Um, maybe I'm crazy. Probably am. Uh, speaking of craziness, and check this out, guys. <laughs> it's time for our favorite segment. It's all about... It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> so last week we had some bold predictions i got to partake because it was just the three of us evan and jackie and i um evan you predicted last week that rodriguez would have a three game point streak am i correct yeah i was How'd close that go? i was close but it didn't, it didn't quite work out not quite what you wanted there but he did all right he, he, he did get points on the board and that's mm-hmm. that's at least what i wanted that was more of a challenge i guess but yeah you know you passed yeah and i don't ja- remember what mine was so i wrote it not good <laughs> it wasn't but i will say it wasn't in like the most like i don't know it was boring you had Mac Dang. and Ranton in to double up Drysaddle oh, and McDavid, right. and it, the opposite was true, but it was because they each had a point. So it was kind of just like not the it night. It was a of, wash. Yeah, yeah that's it, right. It was not really the night of the marquee matchup mm. like you thought it would be. And then last but not least was me. Um, I had the Oilers to win the West and the Avalanche to win the Central. Half of that happened, the good half, um, but I'm still mm. wrong as wrong could be. So now let's do some bold predictions playoff style, which is something we've never done. Um, I will start with you, Jacob. What's your bold prediction? Uh, I think they ruined the biggest party in Seattle on Saturday night and win that game, that first playoff game in Seattle in game three. And I think that they do it in a way that kind of smothers and shuts up the crowd. You know, two nothing, three nothing, three one, something kind of a low, low wattage defensive game like that to try to take the crowd out of it. Okay, so w- w- what do we put that? How about I put that as like uh, the as cover maybe like three and three goals? Yeah, say under five total goals in the under, in that game. Yeah, three to three to one. Under five total, at least three to one. All right, I like that. I agree. Be a good statement to make right there. Um, let's go with you, Evan. Huh, man, I've not, I've not been able to think this much about it, but I'll go with, hmm, come back to me. Okay. Come back to me. I wish I had the jerky clock right there. <laughs> uh, Ezra, what about you? Um, okay. Uh, I'm try- I've been trying to figure out how to word this thought, <laughs> okay. but, um, it is that, the first goal by a bottom six player for either team will come from the avalanche fourth line, the Cogliano O'Connor, whoever mix. That makes sense. So I got bottom. The first goal to come from either bottom six will come from the abs fourth line. Yeah. Perfect. I like that one. I like that one a lot. That would be, that would prove vital to winning the series as well. Yeah. Maybe not just the this one. This is more goal. of a hope. This is more of a hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Jackie, your turn. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I think in each of the four series last year, there was an overtime game. It usually is. But mm. I will say two out of the first three games the Avs play against the Kraken will go to overtime. Wow. 
Ooh. It's tomorrow night. I'm gonna lose my crap. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heart's gonna be running next tomorrow night. I oh man, I think I don't think I've ever been more nervous in public than I was when the uh, when Andre Burakovsky scored the game winning goal um, in overtime against. Mm. I was like pin like you could. The, it was palpable how much stress was in the environment, and similar to when Manson scored his overtime winning goal it was like. Mm. Especially because Bennington just kept making saves, and you were like, "Oh, oh gosh, God!" Yeah. So, I like that, Jackie. That would make for some must see TV too. I just hope if that's true, I'll still win all three of those games. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a huge. You talked about momentum earlier. That's like a huge momentum. Yeah. Uh, giver builder. Yeah. Say yeah is to Agreed. win overtime games. Like to win a series, it almost feels like you have to win one in overtime, and mm-hmm. then it really propels. Yep. All right, Evan. We gave you the time. Yep, I got, I got one. I got one. Uh, it, it actually might help with Ezra's p- prediction too. Uh, <laughs> but um, Eric Johnson scores his first goal of the season. Uh, in oh, these, that's a good. I like that one. That's ones. a really yeah. good one. EJ, EJ, yeah. EJ scores because he hadn't scored. He it still hasn't scored this year. Nope. Wow. So I, I, I mean, I could. I mean, that's another part of the leadership thing. EJ is one of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know he. I could see him stepping up and doing that, and that would that would probably help Ezra's Ezra's chances too. Um, even I mean, even if even if EJ gets a shot off and it's deflected by O'Connor down low or something like that, I feel like he had know. a really good look yeah. against Nashville, and I was like, oh, is this it? Like I felt he did, like, he did. Like oh, so, he's, did he just get it? And then it was he got it. And I think it, I think uh, I think can't no, not Kankinen, Link Lincoln stopped it. <laughs> Kevin yeah. Lincoln, that's a mouthful. But yes, EJ EJ to score sometime this week. I can see that I like happening. It. I like that bold prediction. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah. My 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 bold prediction is that the Az will score within the first two minutes of game one. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Blow, blow <laughs> the roof off that place. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. So I'm like like we've all ended our bold predictions with it's kind of a hope (laughs) maybe we should turn this into bold hoping i guess um i kind of wanted to go back to the like the bragged challenge or whatever just Mm -hmm. what everyone's like cup champion pick is good i like that um or how about this cup matchup and champion let's do that okay that way we we get the other side of the bracket so you you go first who's your who's in the game and who's your cup champion jackie um, I'm actually picking Carolina this year. I think they've been a, a consistent, good team, but they never get chosen to go all the way. And I think they've also had the second round kind of difficulties, but Davs made it through. Washington was out in the second round several times. So Carolina against two in the West. Um, hmm. Wonder if the Avs get that far, I think they win. <laughs> so I can't yeah. really pick the Avs as the opponent. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, I'm going to say Vegas, Carolina against Vegas. <laughs> Evan, <laughs> Evan, Evan, Evan did not like that. Yeah. Go yeah, Carolina. Yeah. That's the case. yeah that'd Sorry, be the Jackie. Biggest that, 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 I didn't mean to rain on your parade. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> it's okay. That's the reaction we, we want. Evan, but we this, want. this is, this is a true bold predictions. If any of us get the cup matchup, right. That's right. True. That's a good point. All right, then, Ezra, your, your two cup finalists and who wins? Well, I, I just went through and did my bracket while we were talking. Efficient. Um, and I ended up with, on the West, Colorado. Okay. 
beating Seattle, Dallas, and Vegas. And in the East, <laughs> the New York no. Rangers. The Rangers. Okay. Which I don't really believe, but I, that's You're what laughing at yourself. I, I, like, I, I thought you were going with Toronto for a second, and I was going to say Ezra, buddy. I mean, yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> I've watched hockey for a lot of years. I know what's going on. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, did, I did give Toronto one win. But I just – and then in the final, I was like, well, the Habs can't repeat with – without Landeskog, without injuries, right? They, I can't pick them, can I? I should. I should. I sh- I don't know. I don't, I'm having a hard time. I think I'm going to pick the Rangers. Okay. Fair enough. I will say – I like what Jackie said. If the Avs get there, they should win. I agree. Mm-hmm. And now it won't let me change. So I guess I'm <laughs> – You're locked I, in I, now. It really won't. I'm, like, clicking it. I tried uh, to change it before I, I had think, to say. What time is it? It's 4.48. Maybe they locked, they locked us down. No, no, no. No, they don't. They locked they don't, in two days. Yeah, oh. they lock in two days. They got plenty of time. So I don't know why it won't let me change it. Uh, you signed okay. the contract. You made your bed and you're laying in it now. Has, uh, getting back to what you mentioned about Landeskog and how the, can they even do it without him, I wonder if is there has there ever been an instance where like someone gets a commemorative C, so to speak? Like, would Landeskog ever give McKinnon the C for a series? Is that a thing? I was thing? thinking about this. Like, if they do win, who picks up the cup? And it, it's, it's right. Yeah, that's my question. Like, yeah, if they get to McKinnon. the final, somebody, or is there just going to be three A's? I think it's three A's. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's so symbolic that you just don't really like give captaincy. I I just don't think they would unless Landy was like truly like retired, not coming back, and even then they might wait. Yeah, but good question. Definitely, if we get to that point, like who gets the cup first? I think Georgiev should get it. Yeah, I mean, probably will give it to one of the A's, probably McKinnon. But you would think like. With the role that he would play and that he hasn't won it, it should definitely go to Georgiev. Yeah. Well, I'll Imagine give you him in his big goalie gear, just like super cool. <laughs> that hair he's got. That would be kind of fun. Wet and wilding in the wind with a cup. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an epic view. Um, my final isn't all that controversial, but like the, what leads up to it, I feel like in my bracket is like I have the Devils going deep, I have them losing in the east to the bruins and then i have the avs losing to vague or beating vegas in the western conference final and then i have the avs beating boston in seven so that's wow that's that's me and i think big. i think it happens because i think this will be the year that mckinnon gets his name called before anybody gets to touch the puck and, and goes and snags that con smythe um that's my prediction evan what's yours yeah, mine's not very exciting either. Uh, I've got who do I have going deep? I'm trying to remember. I think it's it's pretty obvious. I mean, I have I have Avs and Oilers in the Western Conference Final, and then Bruins, Rangers in the East. I have Boston and Edmonton coming out um, on top of the on top of the West and East, and I have Boston winning. Uh, they just seem so un- unstoppable. Uh, even even if Patrice Bergeron is out sick, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, they just seem unstoppable. And you know, I was I was looking back. The last time the President's Trophy winner won the Stanley Cup was ten years ago in twenty thirteen with Chicago, Chicago. So maybe it's a maybe it's a ten year thing. Who knows? Yeah, every ten years, like like on the Godfather, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jacob. Uh, what's your Stanley Cup final? Why do I keep making that noise today? 
my, mine's boring too. I'm I'm same as Evan. Uh, I I think it's going to be Colorado Boston, which I really hate because all my friends in Boston are going to be really annoying. So <laughs> yeah, like, I, in Boston. I mean, I really I really hope I'm wrong. Like I I would bet money just I would lose money just so I could be wrong on this. But I do <laughs> I do think that. Colorado and Edmonton are, are on a collision course. You know, my base case is that Toronto is cursed. And so they're, you know, it's going to be, I think, an easier second round matchup with a kind of a, a less deep Tampa Bay team for, for mm. Boston. And then mm. I think they probably, they probably match up against the Rangers. And I think they, they take that series. You know, the, the one thing about Boston that I do think makes them a little bit vulnerable is that, you know, all their scoring comes from Pasternak. There's, there's no team that is more dependent on one player to score goals than Boston is with Pasternak. And so, you know, a lot easier said than done. Oh, just shut down David Pasternak. Don't let him score. And yeah. you could beat Boston. Um, but, you know, if you do that, yeah, you can beat Boston. And so, you know, the, the Avs have been to the mountaintop before. And I, I, I agree. I, I think that if they get to the final, I think they, they do win it. Yeah, that's my take too. Then that's why I say, like, that's the goal. Get there and then all bets are off, right? And so it's, it's more like the road to 12 this year. Because then the next, the last four, you just push all your chips into the middle and let it fly, you know. So I, I agree with that. Um, I I do think that the Bruins, the Bruins remind me of the Avs when the Avs lost to the Golden Knights. Um, and my explanation for that is I know that Omar has been great statistically, but I feel like structurally the Bruins are really good. And sometimes that, can kind of come and go in the in the heat of momentum swings of of playoff hockey. You see a little bit more open ice. I don't know if that's the case, but I just feel like Omar is great, but he's not as great as his numbers indicate. And so I think that we'll see that come to life against some of the more uh, competitive and skilled teams later in the rounds for the Bruins. So that's the one thing I'm concerned about for them. But I also agree with you all that like, they're just such a good team right now. Um, and, and it's hard to, hard to bet against them. So, well, I feel like that covers pretty much everything we need to touch on before the Avs, you know, welcome the Seattle Kraken and hopefully yeah. score within the first two minutes. And <laughs> hopefully it's EJ who scores or somebody in the fourth line. Right. And maybe it'll go to overtime for Jackie, and maybe the Avs will win in overtime. Gosh, I hope not. I have to drive back to Fort Collins tomorrow night after the game. That's going to be late anyway. What do you think of these eight o'clock and eight thirty starts? Terrible. Oh my goodness. That's they... one. Re- that's one reason why I might not even be able to go because I'm reliant on the light rail, and it basically ends during the week at eleven. Oh shit! So it's that's like not mm. <laughs> not, not very good. Yeah, that's. Jackie be walking home and that's a walk, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody give Jackie a ride. What the heck? She's from mile high <laughs> hockey. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, who's all going to the game? Jackie, you said you may or may not make it. Evan, you'll be there. Ezra, you don't live in the state, so I don't think you'll be. Jacob? I'll be at game two. Game two? Nice. Yeah, I'll yeah. be at game no, one. I got my game out of my system last week. I went to the Winnipeg game. but um, Nice. Probably not. We'll see when round two rolls around. I said win, not if, right? Yeah. So jinx. yeah I love it. I um, love it. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, see. well, that pretty much covers it then uh, from everybody over here at Mile High Hockey. I'm Adrian. I'm here with Ezra, Jackie, and Evan and Jacob. We had a full panel for the first time in a long time. And it's fitting because it's almost time for playoff hockey. 
please head on over to our website for all of your avalanche insight at rhyme. Um, <laughs> and uh, we will have you covered for your playoff preview, whatever it is you need. Send us your questions on Twitter. That's at mile high hockey or at MHH underscore lab. All of these broadcasts and podcasts are available on your preferred streaming platform, whether it be Spotify, Audible, iTunes, all that good stuff. Head on over there. Give us a subscribe and save and download all of our episodes. That really goes a long way to promoting this broadcast that we just put our lovely time and effort into for you all to enjoy. So here's to the Colorado Avalanche, hopefully beating the Kraken in game one, round one, and game two, round two. Empty glasses up. <laughs> My glasses up. <laughs> you all have a wonderful night. Thank yeah. you for joining me. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Playoff edition. Lab.